Hey y'all, welcome to the podcast where a group of friends do life together. We'll discuss it all from burpees to barbecue to baby wigs and everything in between, all while honoring the Lord and filling our lives with lots of laughs. Welcome y'all. We are so excited that you're back with us today. A couple of points of housekeeping. Don't forget you can follow us on our website. You can subscribe there to get emails. You can just check out all kinds of stuff that we are talking about. You can also listen there if you're not um, listening there already. And that's converseandcrowns.com. You can also follow us on Instagram to see all kinds of antics that we get up to. Um, A lot of times stuff we talk about here we will post. Um, Sometimes our yummies y'all and all of that. So that's at hey y'all underscore the podcast. Um, and then this week is actually, um, every, uh, first Wednesday of the month, we do a wrap up. It's called, Hey Y'all, the wrap up. It's a newsletter that kind of contains resources and pictures and just stuff we've kind of talked about throughout that month that you may, you know, need to look back at reference something that, um, you know, we said, Oh, we'll include that. Um, and so that is on our website. And if you sign up, it will email you when there's a new post on the blog and you can either just view it or you can, you know, choose to look at the PDF with all the links, but that's all included there. Um, and that'll be coming out this Wednesday. Um, so I think that's everything as far as housekeeping goes. What's the yummies y'all? Our yummy y'all this week, um, besides the pollen that we have all been (laughs) inhaling and eating every time we leave our house, which has made us all a little, um, I guess, snotty and coffee, so Mm -hmm. bear with us, is barbecue. We finally took a hint from our um, intro with the barbecue burpees and baby wigs. So we had some (laughs) barbecue from a local place called Murky Waters, and mine was delicious. So, it was good. It was our lunch for today. We didn't just up and have barbecue. (laughs) Yeah, we all had a random afternoon. We did have it for lunch, so it was good. Um, All right, so I guess we'll get right on into our topic for this week. Um, We're going to be talking about, like, toxic thinking and um, not believing everything that you think. Um, So, yeah, here we go. Okay, um, so like toxic thinking, this is something I know that for me has really become like, I guess an awareness, um, but is this a term y'all, I know we've talked some, but like, is it something that y'all been aware of that y'all, like what comes to mind? What's your thoughts? I've been aware of the term for a, a while and I just feel like even before the term toxic mm-hmm. thinking, we we are we're women. We've had yeah. toxic thinking yeah. since puberty. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But I, I think in adulthood, you can you can recognize it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I guess I think I maybe am a little bit newer aware of the term mm-hmm. itself, you know, as a thing. But um, you know, I guess I've been more aware of the you can't. You can't believe everything you think, mantra, you know, type deal. So, same thing. I mean, it all goes together. But um, I think for myself, I don't do a very good job, like, naming it in my life, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I just kind of let it sneak by if if it does. You know, I don't do a good job capturing all of it. But, yeah. Which we will definitely talk about. Yeah. (laughs) 
I agree with that too. I mean, I guess I've always known what it was, but now it has a name. I mean, I guess yeah, I've done it my yeah. own life, but you know, my whole life. But now there's a name for it. So <laughs> um, yes. Um, and I'll say I think the first, and we'll we'll get into this, but the issue with toxic thinking is a lot of what we think that is toxic seems very normal to us, mm -hmm. um, and you don't recognize it that way, right? And so I will never forget going to see Wicked on um, when they were touring. They were in New Orleans. And there's a scene where Elphaba and Glinda are talking. And um, it's about her little green bottle, Elphaba's little green bottle. I remember sitting there in the theater. And um, Elphaba basically, like, says that it's her fault that her sister is injured. It's her fault that her dad doesn't like, like, didn't like her and her mom died. Like, she has all these fears built up based on what she's experienced. And one of the wise things Glenda actually says is that may be your secret, but it doesn't make it true. And I remember being taken aback by that statement because that never occurred to me. Like, because I think, especially as women, we carry around not just secrets, but like shame or like, you know, like darker thoughts about ourselves that we don't even realize because we just, it, it feels like it's true maybe. And so this idea of like, just because that's your secret that you've been holding on for so long doesn't, doesn't make it true. And that just never occurred to me. And that was long before I knew what toxic thinking was. But um, I think that kind of opened up a concept that, we kind of all talked about it like this. Don't believe everything that you that you think. Um, well, it kind of goes back to that the conversation we had about the labels too. Yeah, oh definitely. Um, I think a lot of times those the negative labels do kind of come in to become mm -hmm. this toxic yeah. Yeah. thinking that you keep bringing up in yourself yeah. more or less. Play it over and over. Yeah, you mm -hmm. you just and pull that and label back normal. out. Yeah, exactly. and then it does become normal and or it it feels feels normal. Yeah. yeah. I'm say and I think that is kind of like one of you know we we love our um scripts, outlines, whatever you want to call them and um one of the first things that we have is like this idea of like recognizing. And I think when it feels so normal and I know like when I first started trying to realize like negative thoughts the stuff that you realize initially are the things that, you know, are, are really bad. And then, like, when you kind of get past that, you're like, oh, this thing that I thought was, like, just normal, whatever. Oh, that's actually kind of really toxic, too. And you just don't realize it because it feels normal. It's like when you, you know, start dating someone new and you talk about, like, family traditions. And you're like, you mean your family doesn't do that? Do not? And then you realize your family is the only family that does that doesn't warm up king cake. That doesn't warm up king cake. I asked my mother, she didn't know. Okay, look. My family is not perfect. We have crosses to bear and that is one of them. Um but you know, I mean it's one of those you just didn't realize that like what's normal to you isn't normal to ever, you know, whatever. Um but within our thoughts that that can happen as well so how do y'all and we we didn't plan a whole lot on what our answers were going to be um to this so this may not have a clear answer how do y'all recognize negative self-talk or toxic thinking or 
fill in the blank of how you wish to view that. Or do you? Or is it a... I think some days are better than others. Yeah. Yes. Like, they, it depends on what season I'm in, what yes. space I'm in. Like, if I'm more weary just from, mm-hmm. you know, life, then it's it's easier to believe the self-talk. It's like I don't have the energy to fight myself, too, yes. along with yes. the rest of the world. Yes. Um, so I think every day is different. Mm-hmm. I think you have to, I don't know, I just, I feel like I'm better at it sometimes than I am at others. But I do try when I lay down every night, like, the things that just scroll through Mm. I do try and recognize it so not to get into like a just sad place or whatever I don't know I guess I haven't thought too much about it you know that because you do have these thoughts all the time and um I don't sit there and go well that was a toxic one well that was a good one you know (laughs) like but um I don't know I just think this the headspace that I'm in plays a big part of me being able to recognize it or even wanting to fight it all, yeah. honestly. I kind of wrap mine in humor a little yes. bit. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're the funny one. Yeah. And I remember I was shopping with my sister one time, and I was just kind of saying, just kind of those little, like, self-deprecating comments. Mm-hmm. And I made a joke. Oh, and, she, and she was like, you are so mean to yourself. Like, can, I cannot believe you talk about this to yourself. And that kind of stuck with me for, like, a really long time. And now I try to catch myself when I'm thinking that, to the, is this something I would want my girls to be thinking about? And that, which I mean, that's I a little good, ways, yeah. It's really easy to think. Okay, no, we're not going to think that way. We're gonna, we're gonna kind of, and that makes it easier to recognize a little bit for me. Yeah. yeah, I think I don't have kids, but I have a niece who's five. Who um, I feel like for five years has been talking to us <laughs> yeah. um, and very expressive. She's, I think she's the smartest person ever. Hundred um, percent. But uh, she really and truly when she did start talking she just was very expressive and she always had a really um she's had a really innate ability to kind of share things that she's feeling and I do feel like it's a little bit different than a lot of other kids that I've ever really been around and so in the last two to three years um kind of that same thing like there have been times where Hallie will say things and like for the first time in my life, I'm like, my heart hurts for you that mm-hmm. you would think that about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not saying that she says this a lot, but there are sometimes things that she says that then like cause me to look at myself and go, okay, you don't want her thinking mm-hmm. those things about herself or you want to show her ways to do things now at five years old so that at 15 and at 25, mm-hmm. like she doesn't have to experience things that you've had go on, so why are you, like, letting this play in your head, you know, why are you, you know, quipping those Mm -hmm. thoughts, you know, just right now, so, um, I think my, I've, I've been, like, really enlightened, just the relationship that I've been able to have with my niece, um, and, cause she'll, she'll spit some truth at you, like, (laughs) real quick, she'll make you real honest, she'll make you real, you know, yeah, um, but I think that that's been really big for me, like to see it. And I think just like learning myself. I mean, I, yeah. I think I've said like multiple times in these episodes that probably the last five to six years have just been really um, eye opening for me. And I've just been um, really working on myself. And so the more I've learned myself, um, the more I see where I fall short or like where I don't put a lot of intention into. And, and a lot of times, like, 
I don't end my day thinking back through the day. You know, and like for a long time, I didn't know kind of like what Bailey was saying, you know, you don't know that that's not normal, right, right. like, you know, um, and so, um, I, I, I've tried to like have more introspective thought time for myself because I realized a lot of people that's maybe more normal for them and it wasn't something for me, um, which was crazy. Like, you know, um, so. Realizing that kind of stuff, I think, has even helped me. I um, did an activity with my kids where, kids and students, where um, I would ask them, like, a bunch of random questions. And one of the questions that they were, it was, like, thought-provoking, that has always stuck with me is, if you had a friend who spoke to you the way you speak to yourself in your inner monologue, how long would you let them be your friend? And I was like, uh, 25 minutes, maybe. And I would kick them to the, because we are so self-critical. We are so quick to jump on, I think, everything that we just look at ourselves under a microscope, you know, which I mean, yeah, because it's you and you know, but that always kind of like what Brittany was saying, what her sister said, kind of like stuck with me of like, oh, I, I wouldn't be a good friend to myself, like. I, I'm, I'm kind of hateful to myself a lot of times, you know? Um, and so that's just uh, awareness. I always think, I heard, I don't know where I heard this, but I, I don't know if it was a podcast or if I read it or maybe on an Instagram video, who knows? But like something like um, the things you say to yourself, would you say those out loud to somebody else? Like, would you look at somebody else and go, that color is so ugly on you or your hair looks so bad like that or whatever, like, I would never say that to somebody else, but I'll say it to myself. So, right. like, why? If you wouldn't say it to somebody else, don't say it to yourself. Right. Yes. And here's the thing to take note, too. You wouldn't say it to somebody else. So, no one's going to say that to no. you. No. Right. If you're right. like, oh, that's true. does not look great today. No one's going to tell you that it doesn't and hurt your feet. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, I don't know why in our heads we just, we stay with that negativity. Yeah. But, yeah. And I feel like, I mean, nobody's hyper-focused on me and my hair. And <laughs> I, I forgot to refresh my nail polish or whatever it might be like nobody cares you know like I, I don't care what all y'all do with your nails like you don't care what I do with mine like it's like we walk around thinking that people are hyper focused on everything we're in and they're not and like when like if we were doing something and y'all messed up or y'all were late or y'all were whatever fill in the blank like that would not bother me I would show grace to that I would understand like but then you flip around to yourself and, like, you know, I can't believe I was like, I was like, the joke you have of, like, replaying old conversations in your head or what. If you can see some of the faces, not all of them, but some of the faces. In Mine, my face. <laughs> and I know a lot of that the personality yes. type, but, like, reliving, like, if I'd only said that, if I'd only done this, if I, you know, um, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't beat a dead horse with a friend who had, like, apologized or what, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, why don't we think we deserve better, maybe, I guess? We don't give ourselves the grace at all that we no. give other people. No. True. Which is sad. It is. You know, we need to be our biggest cheerleader. Yeah. You know? Like, well, and it's, and I this isn't on our list, but it, what you just said made me think of like this concept and I hate when people say it, 
you have to love yourself or somebody else to love you. Because I don't think what they're saying is meant from the correct way. But, bear with me in this. The way you project yourself. Because I know in the past, and I had to um, work very hard. That might be, maybe, um, even from a childhood. Like, I knew I did not, I don't accept compliments well. Like, I'm real good when you give me a compliment of me explaining to you why you are clearly wrong. Um, like, to the point of almost being, like, when I was younger, my mom was like, Bailey, you've got to stop doing this. Like, people are being nice. If you cannot say anything else, just say thank you. And do not respond, like, with anything else. Because I just wanted to, like, I wanted to make people aware, like, I understand, like, you're trying to be nice, but I, I know the truth. But that was their truth, you know? And I think sometimes we do almost not make it harder for people to love us, but, like, good grief, you know, you go around making it seem like, I don't know, you don't, you don't have as much to give when that's not true. It's just what you've come to believe. Well, when we don't give ourselves grace too, I think we rob ourselves of that vulnerability um, Mm -hmm. and vulnerability like in other relationships are what grows that relationship and gives, you know, like gives the sustenance to that mm-hmm. relationship or whatever. And so, I mean, not giving grace to ourselves and being okay, like, that we are different and, you know, squelching those negative thoughts and um, toxic thinking that we have and all. I mean, we're, we're robbing ourselves of a lot of, like, just inner relationship, you know, the relationship with God that... Um, the relationship with ourselves. And I mean, when, when we have that vulnerability within ourselves, that does make us more lovable and more presentable. And, you know, um, like what's on the inside Mm -hmm. is seen on the outside, you know, type thing. Um, So I think there is something to that, you know, in in a roundabout way, like maybe not, you know, for face value of what, what people say about that comment, but. And I think that feeds into what you're saying of like with the Lord and like your, your purpose within that. And what Meg was saying of how like her, not mental state, I don't know what word you used of like how you're feeling your, your mental attitude when you're faced with this toxic thinking, that's how Satan attacks you with sin. Like I'm so far more susceptible to sin and temptation when I'm tired, when I'm frustrated, when I'm sick. And funnily enough, that is when Satan is like, ooh, and shows up, right? And so I think being aware of that um, and that almost maybe viewing it not as being nice to yourself, which seems silly, but almost like making yourself available and healthy for God's purposes, Mm. I think is maybe a way that, for me at least, makes it a little bit more understandable. Anything else on the recognizing? Um, I think I may speak for most of us when I say that I think we're still trying to grow in that concept of like, you know, recognizing and seeing. And it, it, I don't know if that's ever a complete process. No. Um, okay, so when you recognize, and this is one that I've really started working on, um, and these this concept of like disarming or even 
then eventually rewiring. But like when that toxic thought comes in, like do you try to deal with it or do you just move on past it or like, because I know what I used to do versus what I do now because I read, y'all will be shocked, read books and listen to podcasts and in a healthy place, I used to just dismiss it. Be like, mm -hmm. okay, that's ridiculous. Shut up. Right. Go on. Um, now I'm trying to rework that thought. So, yes. whereas like, why are you saying that? Yes. Are you tired? Do you need caffeine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even like as, as elementary as it sounds, I'd be like, okay, name two things you're good at. Then. Right. This is what you think. <laughs> to, to just put yourself back in that positive mindset. Because mm -hmm. sometimes with me, I can get in a negative spot and then just start spiraling yeah, overthinking. That's yeah. one of my favorite hobbies. Um, so <laughs> yes. just try to like to, to to like like you say like recognizing it right then, disarming that thought, and then trying to put a positive spin mm -hmm. on what got me in that or in that thought process. Mm -hmm. I should say. Yeah, I think recognizing is without a doubt like the first step, and I feel like some it may be I can recognize that I now can come up with a positive response to it. And with this idea over here, I recognize it's not true, but it feels true. And there's not one positive thing I can come mm -hmm. up with. I don't think it's a blanket. You just fixed your toxic thinking, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Um, so recognizing it, I think is huge, which we kind of talked about like with that. So then the disarming of being like, that's not true. Like, if that's all you can get out of your mouth of saying, like, I know that's not true. It may feel true. It may seem true in this moment. But I know in the context of who I am and God, that's not true. And, like, to me, at least when, when I kind of started this, that was kind of my first step. I just, that's not true. I couldn't come up with anything beyond that. <laughs> that was like, here we are. Um, what I think, else? I think for a very long time. Um, and this, this is just my personality and this kind of, I think, you know, when we talk about like the Enneagram and all, you'll see the difference in this, <laughs> but like, um, I, I just like completely dis like not even dismissed them. Um, uh, I guess just didn't even attend to them more or less. So like I heard them, um, and I just never intentionally like thought about them or anything like that and and I know that kind of in a way is like well sure that's good because you're not thinking about it. no that's not because years of doing that um basically what it is is like I just kind of sat them to the side and mm -hmm. so you know here I am mid-30s the pile of those right. thoughts is huge because I never did anything with any of them um and so now I think I'm realizing like the lack of intentionality in even recognizing them for yeah. so long um, make, is going to make it, is making it very difficult to disarm or even deal with uh, different ones of them. I think for a long time I didn't recognize them for what they were. Mm -hmm. You know, like that is toxic or whatever. Like I, I mean, I would just say it and hear it in my head and go on like oh well just move on but I don't know I think you have to fight it with like you said with truth you know you have to I mean it doesn't make sense to fight it with something that's not real like I can't make up something in my head about myself that I right. want to be true <laughs> like <laughs> I have to fight it with real truth and real you know purpose and I think that just goes back to knowing whose you are mm -hmm. that you're you know 
a daughter of the king, that you are, you know, Christ's possession and all of those things is what I, I mean, I just try to fight it with truth of scripture and, you know, that I'm valuable and he created me, you know, one of one, like I'm batting a thousand. It's just me. And that, you know, that's a lot of purpose in my life. And, um, I just have to, even if it doesn't feel like it, even if I don't, I don't want to or whatever, um, you have to just fight it with, I try to fight it with, you know, scripture and things like that, that I know, um, I'm not great at it. To be honest, I'm not, not great. That's not a toxic thought. That is a true thought. I'm just not, not very good at it. I also think sometimes but you're working on it. I'm working. And, that's and the I, you know, and I think, there like, you go. yes, I think we all, like you said, it is a, it's an ongoing yeah. thing. Um, I think, especially for women, you know, yeah. I think, and comparison plays into it. I mean, there's so many things that, that play into, um, that play into it, I think. But I think you can also sometimes look at it as, and I know toxic thinking is different than just something you need to grow in, but if you say negative things about yourself, like, is there room for growth with those negative right. things? Like, you know, I don't know, I can't think of one right now, but something that, yes, this is a toxic thought, and it's not something I'm very good at it, but can I get better at it? Can I practice growth through this? Like, can mm-hmm. I use this to, to get better at something, I guess? Um, so maybe looking at it as room for growth or yeah. something like that. I think that's kind of what's happening to me now is that for years, you know, just kind of like shoving that and, and just not even attending to them at all. What's happening now is finding those things that there are some little half truths mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. maybe um and and using that to grow so um i think a lot of times um and i'll, I'll make these comments to other people you know like um you know like people just think that i i don't really care or i'm not a great friend or i'm not like super engaged um, and a lot of times, like, on the outside, I, I do realize that I come across like that. Like, I'm not um, just all up in the middle of conversations all the time, you know, and stuff like that. And so there is a little bit of a half-truth in there. Um, but I do know I'm a great friend because I have a lot of intentionality behind the scenes and stuff like that. But I do also know that I'm, I'm not one that's comfortable in the limelight and just, like, very flashy, showy, walking out just to meet. You know, we just went to Disney World, and I sent my parents, like, five different pictures because my brother and my niece literally met people from Canada. Um, <laughs> we met a lady who was there by herself celebrating Valentine's Day um, because she missed her husband oh, who passed away, sister. and That's she's sweet. in one of our family photos now. And, like, so my brother and my niece are, like, very, like, just walk out and meet everybody, right? Um, but anyway, like... There's a piece of that that even though that's a lot of negative self-talk that I have and have heard in my head, I can use that to grow. Like, mm-hmm. there are times that that negative self-talk then makes me go, all right, put on a smile, Christian. Mm-hmm. It is not going to hurt you to, you know, make some small talk with these people. You know, you don't have to do it every time. That's not you. That's not what you're comfortable with. But you can do it, you know, some. So um, I think you're right. Like, I think some of it. Um, the disarming of it yeah. then yeah. becomes an act of growth right. yeah. in some ways. And I think that shows maturity mm-hmm. and that shows, like, 
Because if something toxic, like you said, comes in that is kind of a half-truth or something, like, you shouldn't just beat yourself and tear yourself down about it. But if there is room for growth to recognize that and want to get better, right. you know? I mean, I've, I've kind of started doing that. Because I think a lot of my toxic thoughts are, there are some truth to them. Mm-hmm. They're not just insanely, like, right. made up or anything. So I can't be like, that is not true. Like, <laughs> yeah, girl. Um, not all of that is true, but some of it is true. And so having to, like, be mature enough to recognize that in myself and, and grow in it and change, I think is a good way to combat it because mm-hmm. then it's not as true. Maybe, maybe well, the next like time. you said, when you start growing through all that, in theory, that thought should have come back to your head. Right. That toxic right. thought shouldn't come back. Or it won't have the same impact. Right. 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 Exactly. It would be like, you know, if somebody walked in and said the sky's, you know, whatever, yellow. Well, no, I'm looking out the window. It's not. Like, that may still come up, but I now recognize that's not being mm-hmm. true. Um, and I think a very smart woman that has been helping me with this. Um, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Meg has a side hustle going. Um, but cognitive behavioral therapy, which I read and learned about long before this moment um, is this idea that there's a lot behind it of like retraining your brain and it literally rewires your brain. Like that's why I chose that word. And um, I know Chrissy has talked about like the gratitude journal and I'm now doing a gratitude journal of just because of that overthinking and that just like I have a propensity to worry of just looking for the good stuff. Like look at, even if it's just small, tiny and like having to look for that every day, which sounds like a, you know, homework assignment, which I guess kind of it is, but, um, you can find good things, right? And like, it's, it's retraining your brain, but not just within that, within how you view yourself. And so like Meg was saying with remembering scripture, you know, the one that I always think of is you're fearfully and wonderfully made for like everything that you like are hateful to yourself about. But I think of things like, You're called according to his purpose. Okay. What you are doing, if you are doing, if you are being obedient to the father, then you're doing it according to his purpose. We posted on Instagram um, a couple days ago, something of the effect of like when God made his plan for your life, he took your stupidity into account. Like (laughs) the Lord knows what he's at, right? And so... So many of the things that I think we either experience or dislike along with comparison are sometimes those like quirky, weird things that perhaps even are for our purpose. Um, I think rewording in our brain that way to not see it as you're so awkward, you don't fit in, or you're so this, you, you know, you're always the loud one, you're always whatever, to be like, oh, no, this, and like this person that um, I was talking to, she talked about how, you know, when she was young and growing up, she was always the quiet one. And like, you know, she doesn't really talk, and she is, but she's a really, really good listener. Well, that's good because that's the Lord's purpose for her life, you know? And so like this thing that one point would have been toxic thinking is now like a thank you, Lord, for, and so I think a lot of times it's almost like a perspective shift, but like, Having to be, and we're going to talk about intentionality in a different episode, but like Chrissy was saying, being like intentional, you have to intentionally 
like, choose it. Because if you're waiting until that thought doesn't hurt your feelings, guess what? Because I have some thoughts that have hurt my feelings now for a solid 25 years, and they're not going anywhere. Um, And I think that's something else, like, understanding where that thought came from. And that was something I had not really considered, because sometimes the toxic thought that you have Maybe connected to something someone said or somebody, you know, something that happened or whatever 20 years ago that you didn't realize create a foundational concept that you just always thought was true and it didn't seem different. And we kind of talked about that with labels. Like if you grew up in a household where you were kind of overlooked or you weren't, you always felt like you weren't the smart one, you weren't the favorite child, you weren't the whatever. Like, that does create a foundation of beliefs and ideas that aren't necessarily true. Um, and that can feed into stuff we just don't even realize. Um, and I think for those of us, and I think me and Meg might particularly fall into this category, who are like, just fuck it up, walk it off, you can do, try harder, <laughs> like that concept that doesn't work with this because if it did, we wouldn't be having this conversation because I've tried really, really hard. <laughs> turns out you, you can't just deal with it until it goes away type of thing. I think a lot, I think of, um, I don't know. You said something a minute ago that made me think of this and now I can't remember what it is. So sorry, but That's fine. I'm going to go ahead and say what I remember. I think the body of Christ, like I think so much of the body yeah. of Christ and like, I think you were saying like, Things that we think, yeah. you know, that are, like, who you were talking to was yes. the quiet one, but is a great listener, and now that's how yeah. she changes people's lives. Yeah, she that's her ministry. People, right. Yeah. And so, I think of the body of Christ, because I that those are some of my favorite passages about mm-hmm. how we are all one body of Christ, and we all have different things to, to bring to that. And if you think of the literal body, I don't know as much about it as <laughs> Christy does, but, I mean... You think, oh, well, what what is it if you don't have a big toe, you don't have balance or something, and you're a big toe, and you think, like, a toe is not that big of a deal. Like, if if I was going to pick, if someone was like, you have to pick one part of your body not to have, like, I think I'm going to go with, like, a finger or a toe, because you think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But it really does matter so much. And so while some people for the body of the Christ are, you know, the body of Christ are, are the mouth, which is something that's always noticeable. Some people are just the toe and that that's such a powerful thing to be. And we all have those things. So, I mean, just trying to reword those thoughts in your head of, okay, well today I'm the toe and that's okay. <laughs> like, but I'm important. I, I'm important to balance. So, yeah. um, just maybe rewording those of reminding mm-hmm. yourself that, you know, God knew what he was doing when he created you. He, he created you the exact way on purpose he wanted yes. you to be. And I joke all the time that I get on my own nerves and I mean, it is true, but I mean, he created me that way, you know, uh, and he created me to be whatever part of his body he wanted me to be to fulfill the purpose to make heaven crowded. And I mean, that's, that's such a cool thought to think of that even though we have these negative thoughts, like, no, we, we can turn those around for, you know, to take the negative and turn it around to something positive. Um, and I think within that, and we talked, me and Meg talked about how in a couple of episodes, we might want to talk about spiritual warfare because within that concept, Satan, like, 
he knows what to say to us. I had a mentor who always said that Satan's most powerful tool was discouragement. Mm -hmm. Because if he could discourage you, he didn't have to work hard because you would just quit yourself. Like, he wouldn't have to stop your plans or stop your progress because you just wouldn't do it. You'd be discouraged. Um, And so much of that is, you know, spiritual warfare. I mean, if you are doing what, you know, you're called to do. Or if you've been made for this purpose and all these talk, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you could ever do that? How dare you think you could? I mean, like, and I mean, I've literally had instances where I've been teaching a Sunday school lesson. And while my mouth is running teaching this lesson, I have thoughts going in my head of, you know, that's not true about you. You know, you're not good enough. Why do you think you get like, because Satan knows, right? Like he knows what he's doing. Um, and sometimes, and it seems funny at first, but then when you really, you know, appreciate the concept of, um, you know, power of prayer and, you know, all that good stuff, I have literally been like, no, shut up, Satan. Like, this is clearly you talk, shut up, Satan, get behind, get me behind me, Satan. Like, (laughs) stop talking. Um, because sometimes you can just tell it, mm -mm. this is a clear attack on something I'm supposed to be doing. You know, um, so I, I agree with you. Like so much of it is tied to that, that purpose of who you are. Yeah. Um, all the stuff you can do to tear down brick by brick. If he can make you useless, good. And like, what better enemy than the enemy you can't get away from? Like you can get away from bullies or someone that wasn't, you can't get away from you. And that is such a tough, tough place to be in, which, you know, little plug, pray, you know, ask, do not try to do this on your own. Ask the Lord for, you know, discernment and guidance. Um, memorize some scripture. Memorize some scripture. Put it in, coming from the person who cannot memorize anything, <laughs> let me be honest, put some scripture in your phone and a note that you can <laughs> look up it, and yes. reread it over and over. And I do have some memorized, but my brain just... <laughs> or like Bailey on your desk. Yeah, oh my gosh, my desk. Yeah. Ooh. Just um, have it where I'm you can, can, can know it. You yeah. Know, that you can like feed it into yourself. That's such a good way to... To fight. Because yeah. it really will pop back up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, those truths will start. And if there's something that you are truly struggling with, whatever that lie is, find something specifically for that. Not this concept yes. of, like, you know, something generic. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's great, and that's 100% true. But that does not speak into what you are truly struggling with. That verse isn't going to feed a whole lot at that moment. Um, and it doesn't have to be something great. Sometimes, I mean, one of the big ones that I have to kind of like repeat over and over is Isaiah 60, 22 B is a B. Okay. It's not even the full verse. When the time is right, I, the Lord will make this happen because Satan likes to get on me about my time frame doesn't go right. And like, you think this is going to happen? Obviously it's not. The Lord's not doing, you think he's a, like, because that really does go against what I feel like my purpose and the promises that I have are. Um, so that feeds more truth into me than, yes, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, <laughs> yeah. but that's not currently my problem right now, you know, type of thing. Um, within that, and this is more of a question, like help a sister out. 
how do you handle when your emotions do not line up cognitively with what you know is true? Because I think for women, not all women, because I know like me and Meg are very, very emotional as compared to all of our friends, but that's a personality thing. Um, when it just feels like, what was your, your tactic when it feels so one way, even though cognitively, you know, that is not true. What do you do? I would like some suggestions. <laughs> that I can say, right there. Great question. <laughs> and implement in my Please life. send us your <laughs> um, You can converse and crowns. Um, honestly, do you want me to tell you what I do? I just cry. I just lose it and I break down and I just cry. Yeah. And it's hard. I know? have probably an, an unhealthy way like that. I, I try to disassociate. I try to distract myself just to not even... Because I can sometimes get out of my own head when it gets to that overwhelming yeah. point. Go to Crumble. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Oh. I'll, I'll speak for, like, the other side. Yeah. Again, <laughs> please do. Please do. But, no, no, I mean, I think, and I think this is a toxic thought. I mean, um, I think I probably have heard myself say to myself before, like, there's something wrong with me as a female to not be that emotional, um, like maybe what, what y'all three might present more as than me. And so, um, and I, I, like, I struggle with that. Like, so I think, you know, my first thing is just to actually name an emotion, like find one, you know, (laughs) like find one that, that, that you really are feeling. Um, and I mean, maybe that's maybe somewhat, even still true, like, with y'all, like, you know, you're saying you just kind of get to the point where it's just like, I'm just going to cry about it because I'm sad. But, like, is, is that really, like, the true emotion at the bottom of it, you know, or something like that to kind of, I, I don't know. Um, I guess I say that just to say that, like, there is probably somebody else I listening know, here know. that thinks, like, this doesn't really apply to me because I'm not an overly emotional person or, um, like, maybe I am a little bit broken as a woman because I'm not as influenced by the, you know, in that, and that's not true. And I have learned that. So, um, but I guess like my first thing is I, I like actually try to sit and make myself have an emotion and then kind of work backwards through that. My toxic thought with that is I do the opposite. I think, see, you're weak. You're so weak. Like how could the Lord give you all these responsibilities and all this purpose if you're weak and you can't so I feel, because I cry when I'm mad, I cry when I'm happy, I cry when I'm excited, I cry when I'm sad, like, and to me, it, and I guess, I don't know why we think crying is weakness, but we do, but to me, I think, oh, you're too emotional, you're too this, you're too that, like, how, how can you have all this, you know, how can you be given responsibility if you're weak, so, you know, I think there's just both sides to, to and what perfect example yeah. of Satan is going to use yeah. whatever oh, yeah. Whatever yeah. Yeah. because clearly either if one was better than the other then one of y'all wouldn't be having those thoughts right. and that's that's not yeah. the issue there you can be better <laughs> <laughs> um I always think I think this has become more in the last few years because you know I mean the way you feel 
like it, it it's real what you feel is real it just may not be true and that's a very hard concept when it feels so real but i think of the man who was talking to jesus and he said i do believe help my unbelief yeah. and that has been my prayer so many times especially recently of lord i feel overwhelmed i mean this this feels so very real right now um you know sad about whatever, I feel hopeless about whatever, whatever the case may be. I know cognitively that is not true. You're a good father. You are working everything together for my good. But, help my unbelief. And like, I think he honors that. Now, do I magically feel better all of a sudden? No. But, I think speaking that into your own mind as well. Um, and just, I mean, truthfully, combating to not let Satan get a foothold. And sometimes that requires self-talk. Um, my mentor used to always say, you need to stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Um, he said, because we listen to ourselves a whole lot, but we don't talk to ourselves very much. And he said, you need to start saying, you know. And so sometimes that's the best I can do. Lord, help my unbelief. Like, I do believe. I know this is true, but help my unbelief. And I think, I think too, like, when you start feeling like overwhelmed by the emotions you're right an emotion isn't a truth like that is true but kind of going back to what you said and Brittany said it too like all right say two th two things uh -huh. that's true yeah. you know and and sometimes you can like pulling back stopping and and changing your perspective so instead of having this like hyper focus on the one thing that's making you sad or the one thing that's making you frustrated or mad like pull back another foot and look what's around that like what else is true like you know, this one person is making you feel this way okay but pull back now what's going on in that person's life you know and so what's also true is that person's struggling with this other thing and that's likely what's caused them to yeah feed into you what they fed into you to create those emotions that you think is true um i mean i i guess i'm I say in my head a lot, you know, and a lot for introspection and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of maybe what helps yeah. me. Like, first, I have to find an emotion, which doesn't always, tr it isn't always true for every person. But I have to focus and, and find even a name for what I'm feeling. Um, and then I do like to, okay, what else is true in this? You know, that there are other players in this world and other things going on and not everybody's looking at me at what my fingernails look like my, you know like all that kind of stuff but and um, when my perspective sw mm -hmm. switches it makes it easier for me to say you know to disassociate that emotion yeah with truth or to in a healthy way associate that emotion with truth and and what's going on or something perspective is a good thing yeah. just yeah. to pull back from it yeah. I, I've never yeah. thought much about that that I'm gonna put that in my phone just <laughs> go back and look look bigger you know yeah. yeah and I think within that and within truth something I've had to come to terms with like I want the world to be very like clean cut and like black and white and coming to grips with the idea of like the Lord is good I'm also very very sad those two things can operate in the same place. And we act like, especially in the modern world, that that is not true. 
if the Lord is good, then your life should be all rainbows and cupcakes. And that is not biblical. Um, or, you know, the Lord is good. I have faith in the Lord. I'm scared. Like that, you know, not worried and anxious in an unbiblical way, but like there is the, in the words of my mama, the Lord gave you a brain for a reason. And like, there are times when a tornado is flying over your house, that, but like those two can still exist together. And mm -hmm. I think for a long time, I tried to either, either the Lord is good and because I'm sad, I'm not being faithful in that or it works. And, and that's not true. Yeah. Which is. And I think, you know, like that's, that's another perspective shift too. It's like mm -hmm. pulling the furthest back mm -hmm. from every situation and going, well, the Lord is sovereign. Yeah. Kingdom that's perspective. It. Yeah. I'm yeah. done. Like, you know, like I have started at the the very small tip of this sphere and I've pulled back and I've pulled back and I've tried to find perspective, tried to find perspective and I've tried to work it and I just can't mm -hmm. get this settled and bottom line, the Lord is sovereign. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And there are just some things we will not understand right. besides right. heaven. Um, if you give that control up, <clears throat> speaking to myself, um, life is a lot less complicated. Okay, well, moving on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, uh, is that kind of like everybody, we're, we're, we're good with that? Sorry, I didn't okay, really mean no, that. No, no, I mean like, but. Right, we're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, the last thing, and I kind of really put this on here because I became very, like the Lord made me very, very aware of this concept probably five years ago when I had my less bitter, more glitter moment, if you know me, um, you know about that, but other people and other environments have the ability to feed into this toxic like situation. I understand there are some places you cannot get away. It just is what it is. But I had this realization, like I said, about five years ago, specifically one coworker, that when I was around that coworker, I was upset and bitter and angry and because that's what she was. And she has fed that in like any problem there was, she made it 20 times worse. And like, it was just, now I take responsibility for the fact that clearly I was laying her feet into me, but I just kind of realized one day, like I'm miserable every time I leave her presence, I'm angry and I'm upset because she is just a negative toxic person. And I realized that I was becoming that by being her. And so it got to, I was just like, I'm just not going to be around her. And so I wouldn't go to the teacher's lounge when I knew she would be in there. I wouldn't stand out in the hall and chat with her when I knew that way. And the amount of relief that came from that. Now, once again, I know I could remove myself and that you can't always remove yourself um, completely. But like recognizing when people are pouring into those like... Or, like, if there is something specific, like, I think in college there were some toxic thoughts I had. And I had, quote, friends who, looking back, I realized poured into that. They reinforced it any time that I questioned. They were like, yep, yeah." I mean, it's something that, like, the three women sitting in front of me would never in a million years be like, yep, that's so true. Um but it just became so normal. And I thought, oh, they're my friends. Just because somebody is, quote, your friend or family or what doesn't mean they're feeding you with truth. 
Um, and I think sometimes we're not, our walls aren't as up to pay attention to that. Um, so that's my, my little spill on that. I don't know if y'all have anything. It's just something that I became very, very aware of like this situation, this person, they make this a lot worse. And also, I don't want to be that to somebody else. And I know for a while I was headed down that path. I probably was. Um, well, and I think that's just a, that's a thing of maturity. That's mm-hmm. what I'm you yeah. kind of, you start to realize. Your, your 20s, you you seem to be surrounded by lots of not. That's yeah. true, yeah. Lots of people who don't have your best interest at heart in many yeah. senses of the word. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it does, it, it it all kind of like comes to fruition and comes to light. I think in your twenties, just because, I mean, we talked about it, like with the friendships, like the high school friendships, a lot of times you're just kind of forced out mm-hmm. of convenience. And then that early twenties, late teens is when you kind of have a lot of choice in the matter and stuff. And so I think that's when a lot of it comes out. Um, but if you're younger and listening to this, I mean, I think this is a important conversation to have, like, Figure this out sooner. Right, because yes. the like, reason we have these is from experience. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. been in those friend groups that weren't healthy in any sense of the word. Yeah, but there's a lot of, you know, I look back and kind of mourn the loss of that. Like, why couldn't I have had this type of friendship in my 20s? And the truth of it is, like, I could have. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know. Like, I just yeah. didn't get it all on the... the I mean, and I did. I, I had some of that, but, you know, um, I still had a lot of the negative friendships as well. Um, but, yeah, you can definitely get things going a lot quicker than I did. For sure. Not myself. Agreed. Wisdom. Always yeah. wisdom. Everything goes back to that. <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. That's not that for sure. Um, okay. Any other thoughts on this we really I mean what Christy said just I know what a difference recognizing this has made in my life so I pray one person nobody else out there you know that this kind of opens your perspective um because God is not a God of confusion he is not a God of you know he, he doesn't sit with his big bug zapper hoping you've um, screw up so he can zap you like that's not it and so if that's not true then clearly this is not the heart he has for us um, and I don't know I guess in some ways that makes toxic thinking and kind of not reveling in it but choosing not to deal with it almost disobedience um, I think so you know? I think it could tear you on that, yeah. that line for sure and I've just not thought about that till now <laughs> Well, here we are, four sinners talking to a podcast. If y'all didn't know, we hate to inform you. Because they sure couldn't have figured it out. We said, we got it all together. Oh, my word. So funny. Okay. All right. So now that we have finished the episode and we have... Eaten our amazing lunch. I can tell from the empty plates. Everybody <laughs> enjoy it. So I know we all got something different. I got pulled pork sandwich. It was amazing. So good. I got um, pulled chicken, and it also was delicious. I got brisket sandwich. Oh. Um, it was very good. I personally am like 
I like the fat of the brisket mm-hmm. more, whereas like a lot of people like the more Meat. lean. Yeah, I like a good mixture. Like the I want a for. So so this didn't have as much of the fat in it, which I would have liked a little bit better. But the barbecue sauce was actually really oh, good. Yeah, it really was. was. Yeah, it was, it was a good. Um, and sweet potato fries because you know I'm being healthy. <laughs> That's a vegetable. Yeah. Right. I ate half of Chrissy's sweet potato fries and half of Brittany's <laughs> strings, <laughs> onion strings. They were delicious. I just ate off people's plate. I'm rude. <laughs> I had to be the weird one out. I didn't get a sandwich. I got burnt ends because we ordered early and like they're always out and sausage. And then the, the weird collard greens that I have come to have a very fond affection for even though they... Tastes a little strange. I'll be honest, I wanted a shrimp po' boy, but I figured you'd get mad at me if I didn't get that. That's not a barbecue. I wanted a catfish place. When I looked at the menu, I was like, oh, I want a shrimp po' boy. And I was like, no, baby. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad we wanted that hamburger. It looked really good. Yo, we were ordering barbecue. That's why we What is wrong with you, Pinky? If you want to know who the boss is, Southern episode where we explain what the heck we're it talking about. Matter. I wanted a shrimp pie boy. That's all I'm saying. We'll get one next time. Okay, thanks. We just have to go back. Also, um, also, Bailey forgot to tell you that the rest of us ordered the sweet barbecue sauce going... like good Southern people. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought, no, I have done the wrong thing by calling in this order and getting us all sweet barbecue sauce. So I sent a text. It was like, is anybody want spicy or vinegar based? And Raise the response is said, Meg said, sweet is fine with me. Brittany says, sweet is fine with me. And I'm sitting there waiting for Ben to be like, I want the disgusting <laughs> <laughs> to which To which it came. And I was like, of course it did. Why it did I like, not? It looked like barbecue sauce with water. It, it was so good. Shout out to the Carolina people who do vinegar-based barbecue Whatever. sauce. Whatever. I love Lee Calm. It's from Carolina. It is so good. Whatever. So I'm going to shrimp my boy next time. <laughs> Thanks for tagging along. See y'all later. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.